Returning to Geopolitics and Empire is author and professor Edward Curtin of edwardcurtin.com. Check out his blog and his books uh, as well. Welcome back to GE, Ed. Thank you, Hervoya. I'm glad to be with you. Yeah, it's good to always uh-huh. interesting. Yeah, it's always interesting. It's always good to to chat. Uh, I know you're now a semi regular on TNT Radio, my other um, you know outlet, and uh, you know I, I wanted to get an update from you, uh, see how you see things in, in the world, uh, and maybe we could start with you know World War Three, Ukraine, the situation there seems to be uh, continuing to deteriorate. Things are getting bogged down, entrenched. Everyone seems to be doubling down. The West continues pouring money it doesn't have into Kiev and, and, and Zelensky. Western economies are collapsing as a result slowly. Even Western governments, you know, look at London uh, today. Liz Truss is, is gone. I think she broke the record <laughs> for the short, <laughs> shortest yeah. serving uh, PM. And Nigel Farage says... Uh, they're going to put in uh, a globalist in, in place. And, um, you know, Russia is drawing the glowing red line. I say glowing, you know, um, because the nukes uh, seem to be ready. We're down to the wire. Uh, you say we're staring into the abyss. Uh, it's, it's it's as if we're waiting for someone somewhere to be the first to initiate, uh, you know, the, the chain of events, to jump into that abyss so the rest of the world follows. Uh, how, do, how do you see things, Ed? Well, I... I obviously do think that we are at a critical moment uh and it's it's not looking good with the people who are uh directing traffic for the united states mr biden and his team of of really international incompetence uh, who are pushing the envelope and pushing russia endlessly and uh now with these nato war games going on uh which which are aimed at uh the objective of these war games is to see how we can destroy we not not you and i nato us can destroy russia with nuclear weapons and it's very very pr- provocative and russia now has initiated their own war games in in reaction to the united states and nato and uh we're moving in an ominous direction uh it's similar to what happened but we don't have the leadership in the world in in the cuban missile crisis we don't have a khrushchev uh who was quite extraordinary in 62 and kennedy and uh, both of them uh, were able to find to use reason to solve the problem but the people in charge now uh in the, for the united states and zelensky of course is just a, a puppet for the us and nato they they are totally uh, unreasonable and really quite disturbed in, in my estimation and they're going to pay for it and i hope the whole world doesn't pay for it yeah and just to draw from your uh you know history and experience you know i i used to teach history and when i read and taught history i mean i really put my shoes into the past i taught about you know the assassination of kennedy uh hammerskold um cuban missile crisis all of that which you just touched on i so i you know i w- when i read history and teach it i really feel like i'm back 
back there in 1962. And just thinking about what, what's going on today, I personally feel that this is a more dangerous moment than, than what, than anything we've experienced in the, in the Cold War. Or w- would you feel the same? I don't know if it's uh, more dangerous, uh, but the weapons have more power today. And uh, it's, I'd say it's as dangerous. Perhaps the, the most dangerous thing is the, the, uh, the insouciance, the the uh, the blasé attitude of of most people to what is going on. Uh, I was asked by someone else, you, you know, do you remember the Cuban mi- Missile Crisis? And of course I do. And everyone was on the edge of their seats back then. This was a very very scary, dramatic moment, and the population at large knew it was. I think the whole world knew it was, and everyone was deeply concerned. Today, people, they don't even discuss it. It's not even a topic of conversation. Uh, you know, maybe the price of groceries is, and, and the price of uh, home heating fuel and that kind of thing is, is up for discussion, but not this. It seems that there is great repression of this. Uh, I guess you could say almost in in the Freudian sense, uh, this is the untouchable. This is something you can't talk about. Uh, and so it's it's probably more dangerous, as you say. A message from our sponsors. It seems we may be headed for the 1930s all over again. Financial collapse, tyranny, and world war. I've already secured multiple passports, offshore accounts, safe havens, and escaped to the sunnier shores of Mexico. My friend Michael Thorup of the Expat Money Show is hosting the Expat Money Summit with 30-plus experts that'll help you reclaim freedom in this fourth turning by moving your life and wealth offshore. Protect yourself and secure a new life abroad. Register now for free at expatmoneysummit.com or don't and enjoy surviving on insect protein while stuck in the metaverse. Since 2020, Ron Unz of Unz.com has argued the COVID outbreak was due to a U.S. biowarfare attack against China and Iran. Jeffrey Sachs, the Russian Ministry of Defense, and others are now making similar suggestions. Weeks before COVID appeared in Wuhan, a top U.S. biowarfare official ran the Crimson Contagion exercise on how to protect America against infection if a dangerous virus suddenly appeared in China. After COVID appeared in Wuhan, it jumped to Iran, infecting Iranian leadership only weeks after America had assassinated Iran's military commander. Iran publicly accused America of an illegal biowarfare attack and filed a complaint with the UN. Ron Unz has produced a free ebook and is available for interviews to further discuss this issue. And don't forget to fund Geopolitics and Empire. You can leave a donation, accept on Patreon or PayPal, which have banned us, book a consultation, or become a member. It, it reminds me of, of a quote that I recently read from Isaac uh, Asimov, uh, who says, What is really amazing and frustrating is mankind's habit of refusing to see the obvious and inevitable until it is there, and then muttering about unforeseen um circumstances and you you wrote a piece called only adult children still believe u.s propaganda and i totally agree with you i mean i cannot believe today i think it's this technological um very consumer society that's just people just care about trivial things i i I can't i can't believe how people just are in la la land i I, i've never (laughs) seen this before i mean uh, how do you know any, any further thoughts on just how people just 
don't care about higher intellectual things and just seem to be stuck on these, you know, trivial, carnal uh, matters. Yeah. Um, well, I, I, you know, I feel like a broken record because I've been talking and writing about this stuff. I mean, n not the, the war in Ukraine uh, and the possibility of nuclear war, but all the other things you've, you've mentioned, which have led up to this. Uh, and I feel like a broken record. And I feel like uh, this, I've been saying this for, for decade upon decade upon decade. And, and you're absolutely right. People are focused on, on trivial pursuits. There used to be a game, uh, a card game, trivial pursuits. And there'd be a stack of cards and you'd turn one over and it would say, who is the star of uh, Casablanca? Uh, and you had to say Humphrey Bogart or this kind of thing. And, it, you know, that's what it's like now. It's it's trivia. And I, I use a phrase, I think people are tranquilized with trivia. It's as if they've gotten uh, a shot, or maybe they, well, a lot of people have gotten uh, the COVID shots, uh, but as if they, they really have been tranquilized like an animal that needs to be tranquilized. And it's it's old stuff, but the propaganda is so vast, it's so vast and and deep, and people still buy it. I, I don't I don't think people are stupid. I think they they just want to believe and they're living in some kind of bad faith. Bad faith. Yeah. The, the, the German theologian Dietrich Bonhoeffer, who was uh, killed by uh, uh, Hitler's regime, uh, called it cheap grace. People want this cheap grace, uh, but they 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 don't want to look into the into the darkness, into the truth of what's happening. They want to turn away, but still want grace. Yeah, I, I think I like how you put it. Like, uh, some of us really don't have a problem looking into this, uh, the, the abyss or, or darkness. And I think we, we need to. And yeah, cheap, cheap grace. And that reminds me of a, uh, a quote from a recent guest of mine, Justin Hart, who says it's a curious thing because a generation ago in the late sixties, you stuck it to the man, you know, if they came in and told you you were going to do something at a university, you told them to shove off. But now the tables have turned uh and you know for this young generation they fear you know risk of cancellation is far greater than just complying with uh w whatever it is the medical tyranny the, the the ukraine flags or um whatnot um going back to ukraine we're if you we're starting to see a trend now like these uh terror attacks you can see the yeah. Nord Stream pipeline attack uh there was an attempt on the turk stream attack um they assassinated Daria um, Dugina, the daughter of Russian intellectual Alexander Dugin. Um, I had on a U.S. Marine Corps veteran, Lucas Gage, who's, who, you know, he, he did an interesting thought exercise. He said it would be as if the Russians assassinate uh, Jordan Peterson's daughter, Mikhaila uh, Peterson, because, you know, he's our Western 
you know, intellectual. And then we've seen the Kerch Bridge, the Crimean Bridge, and now there's talk of of uh, you know Russian televisions talking about a U.S. NATO nuclear false flag. And so, w- what do you make uh, of these this series uh, of events, and you know where we might be headed? Well, I think obviously uh, all of them, uh, despite the fact that Zelensky in his ridiculous, uh, absurd statements said again today or said today, I I don't know if he said it before, that Ukraine wasn't uh, involved in the uh, Kerch Bridge uh, explosion. Uh, These are all uh, forms of terrorism against uh, infrastructure and against civilians, uh, the the assassination, uh, the, the, the pipelines, the bridge, and so forth. And so we've entered into an even more serious uh, period where this stuff is going to continue. Uh, a false flag, I wouldn't be surprised uh, at all. Uh, the Biden administration is facing uh, these uh, elections in a few weeks, uh, less than two weeks now, and they will probably uh, lose dramatically unless something dramatic happens between now and then. Uh, <clears throat> so I don't know. There's, there's no way of predicting. It wouldn't surprise me. It wouldn't surprise me. If we woke up one day or we're going to sleep at night and all of a sudden there it was flashing news, uh, some terrible thing in Ukraine or in Russia, somewhere. Yeah, I, I just I'm not shocked and anymore. You know, tomorrow, just as you said, we might wake up uh, with this earth uh, shattering news and uh, you know also what, what you make of just in general putin and russia they declared martial law in the four uh regions and to be fair they i was reading they russians are attacking also um ukrainian civilian infrastructure taking out some of the i, I think they were using drones uh, uh um taking out electricity uh infrastructure in uh ukraine how do you sort of grade uh putin and and russia and what they're uh doing some say that they are sort of d- defending themselves and parts of the world from this you know western davos globalism you know what are your thoughts there well i think for sure that uh putin and uh and russia uh he's the leader of the country but it's 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 an entire country that we can't just say it's one man but I think he's doing what any sane leader would do, and he is defending his country that is surrounded by NATO forces, uh, weapons that can be converted into nuclear weapons in a short period of time. He's dealing with, with a government, the U.S. government, that has reneged on all promises and that has pushed and pushed up to the border. Uh, and for years, after the coup in, in Ukraine, in two th- U.S. coup in Ukraine, 2014, uh, they have been, uh, the Ukrainians, with the assistance of the United States, have been uh, shelling and killing people in eastern Ukraine, large numbers, 14, 15, 16,000 before this war even began, 
and they were ready to invade uh, those areas uh, uh, in the Donbass uh, areas uh, in February of this year. And, and Putin said, no, I mean, we have to defend these people. Uh, they're Russian-speaking people who are not allowed even to use their own language. They're historically connected to Russia. And I think what he's doing now is really just preliminary to what he's going to, and the Russia is going to do in the weeks and the months to come. I think there's going to be a major, major offensive taking place. Yeah. And, and today, I mean, what do you make of uh, the president of Lithuania? And I think Dutch politicians are now calling for the creation of a special tribunal in The Hague uh, to try uh, the Russians, uh, I suppose, and Putin as war criminals. Well, that 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 whole tribunal stuff is just a joke. It's been a joke for a long time. They try whomever the the West considers, you know, a war criminal. Uh, they uh, never anyone in the West. I mean. Uh, was was uh, George Bush tried in, at the at the Hague was <laughs> for killing so many Iraqis and others was uh, uh, Barack Obama tried at the Hague for uh, the Syrian war uh, for the destruction of Libya who's the terrorist I mean who's who should be tried who's the war criminal there are many war criminals you know throughout history. But at the leader of the pack is the United States. You know, as I wrote in a recent article, the United States fights wars all around the world, far from its shores, 5, 10, 15,000 miles away, and has been doing this for a long time. Uh, who, what other country does this? There is, there is no other country that does this. They, they might fight fight regional wars near their borders, but they, they're not going ten thousand miles away to Vietnam, to 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 Libya, to Ukraine. Uh, you know the list is endless. They don't have nine hundred military bases around the world in all these countries. They don't have special forces throughout Africa and South America. They they don't assassinate foreign leaders like like we do. They don't assassinate their own leaders. Like this government assassinated so many of the Kennedys. And, and, and I always, you know, try to remember to say Kennedys with an S at the end. It's not just one. They don't assassinate UN leaders like Dag Hamashow, which the CIA did in conjunction with the South Africans and perhaps the British special forces. And uh, it's 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 obvious if you study history, you as you you know you taught it. Uh, I've taught propaganda, uh, and which of course is tied in intimately to history and, and sociological historical analysis. And if you look at it, it's quite obvious that the United States is the leading rogue nation in the world. Yeah, and I'm, and I'm an American. I don't. I'm not proud of this. I I I despise it. I hate it. I wish it were different. I wish I lived 
in a country where the rule is we're sane people, but they're not. Yeah, I mean, I, I'm an American as well, and I would agree with you. I mean, I, I have guests that I respect uh, as well, but um, I disagree when, um, you know, they view us as Americans and in our country and we have to defend ourselves. And they they did defend our, our, you know, whether we're at war with Russia or China and saying, you know, we have to defend ourselves when, as you say, we're provoking, we're uh, aggressing, uh, we don't leave well enough alone, we're all over the place. Over the weekend, um, you know, in Haiti, for the umpteenth time, you know, U.S. Yeah. and Canadian forces. Uh, I, I spoke to Montreal activist Eve Engler about it uh, recently. And, uh, you know, the Haitians despise the United Nations. The Haitians just want to be left alone from Washington and and, and, and Ottawa. And so uh, they were waving around Russian flags in Haiti. But, um, you know, any thoughts on China? We had, I think, the 20th uh, CCP Congress. Uh, I haven't seen confirmation that Xi Jinping will be has yet to be confirmed uh, for the third time. But just uh, you know, any future, any thoughts on on China? Um, you know, and and the multipolar world. Do you do you do you see a new world coming into being, or or do you do you still think uh, uh, America is is going strong? Well, I used to not that long ago maybe a year ago, I used to think that the talk about a multipolar world coming into existence was was not uh, was not true, that the United States and its allies around the world were still in control. But I no longer think that way. I do think a multipolar world is coming into view. It's slow. It's like a slow birth. Um, uh, I'm, I'm thinking of a poem, but I, I better not go there because I can't think of the, the lines of it um, right now. It's W. Um, William Yeats, the Irish poet, uh, a slow coming we had of it and blah, blah, blah for for this birth. I think it's Yeats. It may be T.S. Eliot. I'm mixing up my poem, poets. Uh, but yes, I do think so. And uh, again, the history of U.S.-China relationships is is a one of Ch the U.S. and, and European countries, uh, Great Britain, uh, trying to, to totally dominate China, uh, going back to, to the 1800s, to the Opium Wars. Uh, the, the U.S. institutional structure especially the educational at, at the elite universities is built on the blood money of of uh, the opium trade. We're talking now about Harvard and, and universities like that uh, and the slave trade. So from two different directions, from Africa and from China. And the United States has always despised and tried to run China. And finally, China is saying no. Uh, uh, no, we're not going to take that anymore. And it, it, it seems like, but the United States is still pushing the agenda there over to Taiwan, uh, especially, but in the South China Sea. I remember a few years ago, John Pilger came out with a very, very good movie uh, about the, the coming war with China and an excellent documentary. Uh, 
and it, it, it's coming to pass. So we have two fronts open, one in the Pacific and one in, in Ukraine and Eastern Europe uh, surrounding Russia. But the United States and their allies are not going to win this war. They, 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 it's, a, it's a delusion. Many people say, when I say there's a good chance of nuclear war, this is very, very dangerous. They say, well, the elites, the elites are not that crazy because if there's a nuclear war, they'll get destroyed as well. And I, my reply is always the same. Why do you think that there aren't insane people leading countries? That they're self-destructive, they're nihilists. Some say nihilist, I say nihilist. Uh, uh, and and they, they, they're suicidal in many, many ways. There's, there is this underpinning of, of uh, nihilism in the West that is so strong and, uh, and, and, and insanity as well. Yeah, I, I hold exactly that view. I mean, people, the average person thinks that these elites think like we do. They don't. Put yourself in their shoes. They're, they're psychopaths. They, I don't think they would think anything. I mean, look what they've already done. You know, they, they pressed a few buttons, said Saddam has WMDs and killed 2 million Iraqis. There was a study yeah. done a few years ago saying that the, the consequence was 1 to 2 million dead uh, civilians, you know, as a result of the consequences of of the war, not just the war itself, and um, yeah, th these people are crazy, and I, I think you know, just you know, other tangent, like some of these elites, you know, they probably have safe havens, um, you know, bunkers and stuff where they they probably will be fine you know, in, in the in case of a a nuclear war. So they're, I mean, they're, they're crazy at the at the same time. Uh, but also, you know, I, I think they would probably be fine. And then they would just come back in the aftermath and continue uh, ruling. And we touched on this last time. We had a great interview last time that got a lot of play. Um, just, just to get your further, you know, thoughts, updates on this medical tyranny, the COVID stuff. A lot of things seem to have died down uh, here in Mexico. Even the airlines no longer require masks. Um Everything just and, and I was traveling recently and it was it felt like the before COVID times, you know, 2019. I, I couldn't believe it. Yeah. Um, but I'm just not holding out hope. I just feel like something's going to give again. And, you know, related to the medical tyranny is this digitalization, which we talked about as well last time. And I can really see it in the background moving forward, that digitalization of uh, of everything. You're seeing banks go online. Uh, you know, slowly getting rid of cash, forcing you to use apps for everything now, people being, you know, blacklisted. Uh, and so how, how, any, any, do you have any latest thoughts on, you know, the aftermath of, of COVID or this, you know, transhumanist yeah. technological dystopia? Yeah, absolutely. I, I, I've, uh, Peter Koenig, who, who writes for uh, global research, who, uh, is is a brilliant man uh, based in in Europe in Switzerland, uh, who who worked for the World Bank. He's a water specialist. He just wrote a very good article on this digitalization of everything, 
And I've written about it many, many, many times. I was saying to my wife earlier today, uh, I, ha I have written endlessly about the cell phone, the digital revolution, uh, the, the new, the, 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 the whole program to uh, digitalize our lives completely. Uh, it's why I don't have a cell phone which is, you know, a little thing perhaps to some, but I think it is absolutely essential because I think the cell phone is the key presently uh, to, to the way they're uh, trapping people into this system of the future. Obviously, we're, we're on the computers here, and uh, that's another element of it. But the cell phone, I, I can't carry a computer around. And But the cell phone that people have, it, it's tracking them. It does all of their banking now. Uh, and it, more and more every day. And this, of course, is tied into to, to COVID, uh, which, you know, is a vast, vast propaganda uh, uh, program that's been going on for years and people still don't still don't get it uh, i have a friend who just wrote a wonderful article his name is jim cavanaugh uh he's uh, he has a website the polemicist and he wrote this article with with videos in it about uh anthony fauci uh and how he contradicts well he how he lies all the time uh of course he's leaving but you know he's replaceable by some other functionary but i don't think the covid stuff is going away it's it's just you know sleeping right now uh but th they'll bring that back at some point i don't know when um maybe maybe uh December, January, February, but I don't think they're going to let up with that. Yeah, I, I'd agree. I mean, just uh, a few days ago, I was, I was looking at buying a car, and we, you know, we went to some lots. Everything's like you know, just go look at the car, and we went to one place, and you were forced. They had a big QR code, and like, oh, you need to scan with your smartphone surveillance device the QR code <laughs> to get your turn to go look at the lot. <laughs> and I'm standing there dumbfounded. I'm like, I'm not scanning. I mean, I might think I've got an old phone. I don't even, you know, they can barely do anything. And it's like, I, I am, I'm not doing that. And then yeah. they finally relented. And they were like, okay, we'll give you like a manual. We'll let you go or something. And it's like, this is the future. Like soon, you literally won't be able to, to do anything without a smartphone bank, buy a car, enter into any facility without that smartphone qr code it's you it's you're gonna be you're gonna become a non-entity like you literally won't be able to function it's it's insane it's sad we're rolling right into this um you know just uh, thoughts on the uh economy uh you know it's it, the economy really seems to be taking a hit in all over the world uh you know i'm reading in germany they've got uh the worst inflation in 70 years um just general inflation seems to be like 10 20 percent all over the place and uh yeah, yeah. Just, it, it doesn't look good. You know, any, any thoughts on the economy? Well, it's bad. It's really bad. And it's going to get worse. I know just from our perspective here, 
we recently had to get heating oil because it's getting colder and the tank was empty and it was twice the price of last year. Uh, it doubled. It doubled. And it's, it's far worse in Europe uh, uh, and in, in, in uh, England, uh, uh, Wales, Scotland, I, in Ireland too. Um, and uh, it's, uh, it's, it's a planned economic breakdown for sure. Just, just like with COVID, when, when everything was shut down, who, who was hurt by that? Uh, more and more billionaires became bigger billionaires, perhaps trillionaires, and regular people and small businesses were destroyed. But the corporations, of course, came out of it. Uh, and, and why? That's an accident? No, that's not an accident. These, these people are really uh, destructive, and uh, they're bringing the world to its knees. And when people worry about, you know, how to feed themselves and how to heat their houses, they're not going to be thinking really about Ukraine or nuclear weapons. They have more immediate concerns. And this is one of those tricks as well. It's understandable that people, you know, there's, there's a soup kitchen just down the hill from where we live. And every day the people are lined up. Uh, it's not a soup kitchen. It's where you can get groceries for free. No questions asked. And, uh, you know, it's a very important thing. But it, it, there's so many people. It's, it's overwhelming. And this area where I live is not an inner city, poor, very poor area at all. But there's a lot of poor people and people are struggling. So yeah, I, was, I think I think the economy is going to get worse. Uh, the Europeans are a bunch of idiots. Uh, if if they're allowing themselves to be pulled along like poodles on a leash by the United States and to destroy their economies, uh, it's 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 bad. It's it's the the world's messed up. Yeah, I was reading New York city they, they were having some of the homeless shelters were uh at a record and speaking of billionaires um i saw a clip on cnbc today from where they were interviewing bill gates i, I didn't know bill gates was an expert in absolutely everything <laughs> uh it tech um vaccines you know medical health stuff uh energy now they were asking him uh, about it and he's, he basically said blackrock and larry think are great leaders and the ukraine war and energy crisis are great for the long run that's literally basically what he said and so yeah we are in for interesting times um you know and any final thoughts for us you know wh what do we do um i just feel like we just keep speaking the truth until we can speak no more um resist where we can locally you know wherever we are um fight back but also prepare for tough times and just you know come what may you know that, that's, well, that, well that's about all we can do and we can hope i'm i'm not really much of an organizer i'm not an organizer uh i'm more of a rather a, i mean i've been involved in demonstrations and anti-war stuff and been arrested over the years uh but uh we need to keep speaking out 
writing, trying trying to wake people up and, and hope that that will happen. And we have to also at the same time encourage people to love life and to try to find something every day that uh, is beautiful and wonderful uh, and can shine a light into their lives, whether it's a walk in a park or in the woods or listening to music or playing with children or sharing a meal, poetry. Uh, that's really very, very important because what's the point of being alive? If all we do is stare into the darkness, it's, it shouldn't be one or the other. Uh, it should it should be both. It needs to be both. Uh, I'm just reread a book by Ecos Kazantzakis, uh, Zorba the Greek, and there are many lessons in that book from uh, Mr. Zorba about how to approach life. And I think that's what we need to do, and I'm sure that's what you're going to keep doing, and that's what I'm going to keep doing, but both at the same time. I, I think you summarized it well better than I could. I, I, I That's my same uh, approach. People just sort of poo-poo me for thinking, like, I'm just staring at the abyss, I'm depressed and black No, it's like, you have to understand reality. I don't want to live in some fake la-la land. I want to live in grounded on the real world, assessing the threat accurately without emotion, you know, cold calculation. This is what we're facing. And as well, enjoy life, as you said. And I've been doing that, you know, enjoying nature, the trees, you know, dogs and cats that pass by, kids, you know, a nice meal, uh, uh, walks, as you say, um, relationships, friends, family, neighbors, and, and, and so on. And so yeah, as you say, it's it's both. It's not one or the other, um, and th that's sort of how I stay chipper and upbeat uh, in, 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 in you know in the in the face of all of these things we've been uh, discussing. Uh, again, the website is edwardcurtain.com. Uh, you're on Twitter. I'll include all of your links. Uh, uh, again, tell us you know is that the best place to find you, and is there any other you know project or or book that you want to stress? Uh, sure, that's the best. EdwardCurtain.com is my website. Um, the last book I wrote is called, um, uh, what is it called? Truth. Um, uh, um, um, I don't have the website with me. See, I think it, it's, you know, I write so much, I, I forget even the titles of my uh, work. Uh, Seeking Truth in a Country of Lies. Uh, it's put out by Clarity Press. If you want to, uh, I, I, I write on many different issues, whether it's poetry, film, war propaganda. Uh, I'm presently writing a few things like that. Uh, you have to have diverse interests. You can't just hammer people over the head with the same old story time after time. And that's a problem we have. Uh, the alternative media often has. We need to kind of jazz it up a little, uh, change tune here and there, and show people that life is beautiful. And, and lastly, I would say on that score, I think one of the major issues, and maybe we could discuss it in, in the future on your program, is, is the spiritual dimension to existence. 
and how what I was terming the, the nihilists before uh, the, the, in their dark, um, evil enterprise is, 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 is totally lacking in spirituality. And that is a very, very big issue to keep us all going, hoping, loving, having faith in other human beings. And so maybe sometime we could just talk about that. It's, it's, it's very important. And we, we can do an episode in the future where it's just all positive, none of this war uh, talk. And also, by the way, I think I see, uh, I follow Oliver Stone. I've interviewed his son, Sean Stone, and uh, Oliver Stone's a big fan of your writing. He frequently uh, tweets out your stuff. So that's pretty uh, cool. Uh, again, thank you, Ed, for joining me on Geopolitics and Empire. Well, thank you, Havoya. I always love talking to you. you. You do great work. Thanks so much. I hope you enjoyed this Geopolitics and Empire podcast. The website is geopoliticsandempire.com, and I encourage you to sign up for the free email list that goes out with each podcast and every weekend with a collection of news headlines. The newsletter and website are our last lines of defense. We're being censored and deplatformed. It's nearly impossible to find Geopolitics and Empire on the Google search engine. We've been blacklisted. YouTube frequently takes down our videos with strikes. Facebook restricts our page. Reddit and Twitter take down posts. And after the Associated Press mentioned Geopolitics and Empire in a 2021 article co-written with NATO, our Patreon account was terminated. Vimeo also terminated our Pro account. The best free way to help Geopolitics and Empire is to leave a review on Apple Podcasts or elsewhere and subscribe to all of our media channels. You can find the video broadcast now on five platforms, Odyssey, Rockfin, Rumble, BitChute, and Brighteon. You can find the audio broadcast on the podcast ecosystem, SoundCloud, Apple, Spotify, and so on. My current favorite social media channels are Twitter and Telegram, but you can also find us on Gab, MeWe, Minds, Float, VK, Instagram, Facebook, and LinkedIn. Finally, Geopolitics and Empire is in dire need of funding to continue. You can leave a donation, purchase a consultation with the host, or become a member to receive additional benefits. We also produce a weekly broadcast called Dissident Thinker for members and Rockfin subscribers only. We will continue to fight the good fight come hell or high water. Thank you for listening.